Hello, superstars. Welcome to another edition of our awesome overflow series. This is the awesome flow for October of 2020. And I'm so delighted this month to be joined by my dear friend. You guys know her and you love her. It's Rebecca Hoffer. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Meg Teets. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I am good. It's true. Um, But, you know, it's kind of, we're still in the phase of life where I feel like it's kind of hour to hour. Ask me next, ask me in 30 minutes how I am and and we'll see. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Okay. Well, as you all know, superstars every month, we like to get together and Really, this is just me and one of the co-hosts. Sometimes it's my sister, Emily. It's somebody that you know and love. We hop on a mic and hit record, but we're really just kind of catching up with each other, having some good casual conversation, and also catching up with you guys. We're talking about things that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, show topic worthy or whatever, just catching up on things. And so uh, before we get into our overflow, I want to say thank you as we often express to you all. Thank you so much for making all of these bonus episodes possible for sure. And thank you for helping us continue our mission at Sorta Awesome. We genuinely, genuinely and deeply appreciate your support so much. So Rebecca, you had the very clever idea to pop into the Superstars Hangout group on Facebook and ask, hey guys, any questions? Because uh, we, we need a little inspiration because you and I, we just, we've been talking a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we just recorded yesterday, and I feel like I used all my words for the whole week. <laughs> but it was yeah. so good. It was so good. <laughs> yes. We recorded your episode of Sorta of Spicy, uh, which is going to be coming out in a few weeks for you guys. I'm so thrilled for you to hear that. It's a much requested episode from Rebecca about her uh, picks for romance novels. And I threw in a couple of recommendations as well. That one is so good. Um, yeah, just lots of lots of conversation going on lately. So Rebecca, I'm so glad you had this idea. In fact, since this was your idea, I'm going to kind of turn the mic over to you, as it were. Pretend like we're in a studio (laughs) (laughs) and uh, let you kind of take off with some of these great questions that the superstars ask. Well, yes. Then thank you so much, superstars, for your fabulous and thoughtful questions. We're going to start with Erica. She says, how was the how has the experience of mothering changed as you've gotten older? Are you a different mother to your youngest than you were to your oldest because you're older and kind of in you know, relation to that one a little bit, Kate adds on to here that she would love to hear more about Meg's um, new definition of herself as a working mom. How is it going? Has anything changed? How are you feeling about it? So Meg, kick us off because you there has been some mothering changes in your life. Tell us all about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to get, I'm going to speak really specifically because I do have more general thoughts, but this is a major thing of catching up on. This is something that um, I definitely have only shared with a few close friends, have not really talked about it publicly very much. And that is the fact that we recently, this month, in fact, decided to enroll Nico in childcare. So this is so huge for me and such a huge difference. Huge, Rebecca, huge from my other children. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start with how different this is. Let me say this. With my other kids, they never went even really to like a Mother's Day out. They were with me when they were little, when they were babies and toddlers, all the way up until starting pre-K, which is at four years old here in Oklahoma. They have always been my pretty much my little sidekicks when they're young. And it's not that I like had any kind of philosophical opposition to it. I just always, you know, I just always kept those little ones close by. Um, sometimes it was logistically just not a possibility depending on where we lived and what was available to us and those types of things. Um, so that has had been the case with my older kids. And again, I would, I just really want to emphasize it was not anything where I was like, I had like nervousness about kids going to childcare or felt had like negative feelings towards it or anything. It just, I don't know. It just never really happened. Never really was in the cards, never worked out. 
Well, to segue in and bring in a little bit of Kate's question, one of the biggest gifts of 2020, and I know that that sounds like an oxymoron (laughs) to say that 2020 could deliver a gift to anybody, but truly one of the biggest gifts of 2020 is that it has somehow in the midst of the struggle that this year is, I have had some real clarity about my work and what I want to to have happen, what I want the future of the work of Sorta Awesome to be. And no one was more surprised than me, really, Rebecca, when I was like, you know what? Not only am I more sure than ever that I want Sorta Awesome, the podcast, to keep going, like I want to, I want to build an empire of awesome for people to have all these different ways that they can access the mission of Sorta Awesome, which fundamentally has remained unchanged. It's this idea of um, bringing the awesome to the world, finding the awesome in the everyday, basically becoming more awesome on an individual level so that we can be more awesome to the people around us ultimately. And so I, for, I, you know, a couple of years ago, just for business reasons, I had formed an LLC uh, for tax reasons, really, mostly. And so um, I was like, you know what? And I, I called it Sort of Awesome Media LLC. I just, this year I've been like, I, I think it's time for Sort of Awesome Media to really become a thing. So Sort of Awesome will always be our flagship, you know, quote unquote product for sure. But I really, there's so many different ways to expand this message, whether it's um, moving further into creating content on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, um, you know, releasing Awesome Today, having this daily podcast has been part of that. Um, there's so many exciting things happening behind the scenes. And a huge part of that has actually been one of our superstars, Colleen Cook, whose real actual job is in marketing. I hired her as a marketing coach and consultant for Sorta Awesome. Um, it's been more like having a business therapist. <laughs> like I'll agree to that. You and I haven't really talked one-on-one about our experience that much, but... Um, uh, raise your hand if you have cried on Colleen's shoulder about something. <laughs> yes. I have. She is yeah. so good and she is yes. so encouraging. Like, yep. I feel like anything that I've said about, like, what I see as a negative or weakness about myself, she's like turned around as a positive. It's like, well, but yes. no, like, spin it around on its head and look at it this way. Um, it really has yes. been amazing. It really has. You guys, I'm just, we're just fully gushing and bragging on Colleen, her work. And and, I mean, talk about a gift from 2020, Um, hiring her, partnering with her, having her speak into the reality of where Sort of Awesome is right now and what we are envisioning for the years ahead. Not just like, what are we going to do next year? But like casting a vision far into the future has been amazing. And yes, crying on her shoulder, but also being, you know, absolutely thrilled with possibilities. It's been so great. Okay. So I feel like this is kind of wandering around in this answer a little bit, but one thing became really super clear. Talk about clarity. It became really clear that I cannot this year in this moment, manage life with a very busy, very precocious, very smart, and very into everything toddler. And homeschool half of our children and really move forward with the vision for sort of awesome media that I really want to bring to life. Something had to give. I was, I spent most of September, absolutely just, well, August and September, pretty much underwater. Just, I could not get ahead on anything, let alone stay even just caught up to current with anything. The fact that sort of awesome episodes have continued to come out on Fridays is a minor miracle. (laughs) (laughs) So this year, um, a a childcare facility, this, it opened this fall. It's in our neighborhood. It's like literally 10 blocks from our house. Um, and I just happened to drive by. I it's on a, it is only 10 blocks from our house, but it's on a street that I don't always go 
down. And so I was actually just happened to be driving past it after I'd taken Nico for his first haircut. Oh, dear. Which was hard on my heart. He slept through almost the whole thing, and it was great. But it's, so I was driving home, and I saw this huge banner out in front of this child care center saying, you know, now enrolling babies, toddlers, blah, 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 the, with the name of this facility and with a website. And I literally, Rebecca, as I was driving by, I was just like, wait, what? Enrolling children, toddlers? I'm like trying to read and trying to drive at the same time. And I happened to like, it has a pretty specific name. So I was like, okay, they've got a website. So I came home, you know, immediately looked it up, called the director because they, and she was like, yeah, we're, when I, this day when I called, she was like, yeah, we're, we're starting with kids on Monday. We've been given the go ahead to start bringing kids onto our campus. And so um, I hurried up and did a bunch of things to get Nico ready. And well, Kyle and I talked about it and we both agreed because Kyle is so on board with this vision too, for the future of sort of awesome media. And we agreed, okay, this sounds exactly like the perfect solution. I had been imagining that maybe we would need to bring childcare into our home via um, a nanny or some kind of person who comes in on a regular basis. But this, this facility uh, when I went on the little tour with the director, I I was like almost in tears because every single stop along the way, everything that she was explaining, all of the philosophies of the whole center, I just, I was like, I can't believe it. Like if I imagined in my mind the perfect center for Nico to spend his days in, I wouldn't even have been able to think of all of the awesome things that they have going on there. Oh, that's so good. It is so good. I was so nervous because he was 15 months old. He's 16 months old now as we started. This is, you know, it's kind of a clingy stage. You know, they want the moms. They're they're starting to feel a little nervous around people they don't know very well. I was prepared for the – I was actually prepared in my heart and in my mind for the first month of drop-offs to be difficult. Rebecca, that kid – he has been like, like there's a few, like there's a little bit of like tears in the eyes when I first hand him over. But by the time I'm like walking down the hall, he's playing, he's into things. The other morning when we were driving to school, just me and him, I said, Nico, you ready to go to school today? And he goes, yeah. Aw, that's so <laughs> sweet. So he has been doing so great. They feed him breakfast. They feed him lunch. He takes a nap there. It has been revolutionary. And so in my heart, I just, I really believe this was the perfect thing for what needed to happen for me as a small business owner in this moment who is energized and ready to, like I said, build an empire of awesome. And I also truly believe it is so great for Nico because he is so precocious and wants to learn and do things. And um, and again, my time's already divided because I've got homeschooling going on with our twins. And yeah, it's been amazing. It's been so amazing. Is he so, going five days a week? Five days a week. Yes. Yep. He goes pretty early in the morning. And then I usually pick him up early afternoon, usually 2.30 to 3 range. So he could stay longer. I just, I miss him. Yeah. And I want to go get him back by then. So. Well, I know Uh, that awesomes are going to ask, but I think it's probably pretty obvious. So concerning COVID, this obvious, this facility obviously is meeting all the needs that you have to feel good about sending him there during a pandemic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, I forget. All of us are just like so tuned in, obviously, to what our geographical and physical reality is. So I forget, you know, different different places have different concerns and different people's personal concerns. You know, they, they either align or don't align with their community. But Oklahoma City is super committed to masking. We have a mandate in, in place. So it's like... Like, you have to wear masks everywhere in public. Um, We wear masks to church. Um, It's obviously when you're shopping, schools are everybody's masked. The kids, the little ones, the toddlers and the babies aren't masked. But everybody at the school is masked. And when I did go on the tour with the director, she explained in detail the copious amount of cleaning that's going on and sanitizing and all of the measures. Like... 
but she's she's explained and thought of things that they're doing cleaning wise that I never would have thought of. So yes, the facility itself is super committed. And I do think that generally speaking, just the culture of Oklahoma City, because we are a bigger population uh, than the surrounding small towns in Oklahoma, just like it's just become normal. And you don't even really hear that much now about people being resistant about it. I mean, nobody loves it, of course. Right, right, right. It's just kind of become the norm. Yeah. So I would say that, honestly, that alone accounts for the biggest shift for me in parenting as an older parent now, I'm 43, as opposed to my younger kid. I mean, my older kids, but when I was a younger mom, when Daisy and AJ were born, I mean, I started sort of crunchy my blog when Daisy was a year old. And it was, that was in 2006. Blogging was absolutely just a hobby. It was a creative outlet. It was not anything I was doing for any kind of money. In fact, I paid money to do it, you know, with all <laughs> right. of the yeah. hosting fees and all of those types of things. Um, it, but I was solidly, solidly a stay-at-home mom. One thing that has been difficult that I've had to do some real self-talk and self-work to get through mentally is when my kids were little, I did love that phase of like all of the little activities. I loved going to the library for story time. I loved, um, you know, playing with Play-Doh and all of the little things that go with toddlers. That's just like the fun stuff. And when Daisy and Nature were little, that was that was all I had to do during my days. I mean, I had a hobby, but I wasn't trying to work. And so I have had to sort of give myself permission to say I am a very different, like my life is very different. I'm still the same person. My life is very different than when my big kids were little, but I'm still, I was a good mom then. I'm still a good mom. It's just that our days look wildly different now than they used to. So I have had to really kind of work through that and, and let go of any kind of like repressed beliefs that if I don't spend every waking minute with my little ones, that that is a reflection on me as a mom. And so, and I think, I know that that is a process that if you are a working mom in any capacity, you've probably worked through a lot earlier than I have. Um, But yeah, it's been so good. And it just, it makes my heart so happy. I cannot say enough about how grateful I am that this has come into our lives. It really is amazing timing. And just an answer to prayer. It's so close to your house. I mean, it just is fantastic. I'm glad it's going so well. It is. Let's talk about for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think for me, it's a little bit similar. Um, One thing that really came to mind when I was thinking about how I'm parenting differently is that I do feel like I'm doing a lot less play with my kids. Mm, You know, when Grace um, and Noah were born, so they're just like two and a half years apart. And so they, they really were, I I mean, it just, they required a lot of supervision. It's just vastly different having, you know, Noah when, um, Isaac was born was nearly five. So, Mm -hmm. and then Grace, you know, was, was seven. So bringing home a baby to a seven and five year old is vastly different than bringing home a baby to a two year old. And therefore Isaac is able to go outside and play with them without my supervision in a way that like Noah was never able to do. And of course, Grace wasn't able to do. So I feel like I'm just playing so much less with them. They're going off and they're playing together. Um, There's even times when I, I... and I and I am trying to I try to be careful about this, but there are times where I see Grace taking on a little bit more mothering role with him, even in some capacities, which I think is totally fine. Um, I think that can cross a line where, the, but we're not we're not crossing any inappropriate lines with that of like putting too much responsibility on her. But you know, right. he, he might ask her for things or help with it for things, and she's completely capable and comfortable and wanting to do those things with him. And it just takes less of me. <laughs> um, yes. So I actually was just thinking about this recently before this question even came up, and part of me was thinking, well. 
Like, am I sad about this? And I don't think I am. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think there are other things that I'm continuing to do that is really leaning into my role as a mom. And I still mm-hmm. am doing a lot of fun stuff with my kids. But I think it's perfectly acceptable that they are able to play unsupervised without me being part of every little thing. So I, I really feel like right now that's probably one of the biggest things. I, I think also... Some things with discipline has maybe changed for me with Grace and Noah versus with Isaac that maybe I've, um, I don't know, maybe lightened up a little bit or at least, I, I don't think I'm quite as harsh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was ever like a super harsh mom, but I think I've, I am not quite as harsh. I, I feel like I heard some advice one time. This this someone said, you know, your your child, your toddler, your baby, whatever, they're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. And that really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like now I'm that comes to mind for me a lot more often where I'm able to, like, look at them and be like, okay, what? okay, what's happening here with you? (laughs) Yes. Are, Are you are you tired? Are you hungry? Do you need alone mm-hmm. time? Um, I'm offering to like draw Grace a bath and say, "Do you just need maybe a little bit of alone time?" And she's like, "Mom, no. Why would I? Why would I want to go sit in the tub?" I'm like, "Trust me. I've heard Mom say, uh, give them, give them food, give them sleep, give them water. One of the three will fix it." Um, and so she did recently. She took a shower and she came out and she's like. Okay, mom. I think maybe you might have been right. I'm feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Um, yes. So I, I think I'm starting to see some of that a little bit more, a little bit more grace for grumpiness. And maybe some of that is even, but I'm mean, a big part of that probably is just like age and my experience and yeah. also living through this awful year and the pandemic yes. and just realizing how incredibly stressed and grumpy I feel all the time. And so therefore trying to have grace for my kids that they also might just be, they just might be in a bad mood. They just might be processing something. It's not always about, oh, they're just not listening to me. They're being disrespectful. It, it's not mm-hmm. always about that. Sometimes they just mm-hmm. need a snack. You know? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I know. I think I'm the same way too, in the sense that, you know, when you're first trying to figure out discipline as a parent, you know, depending on what different philosophies you adhere to, there is that kind of propensity to be like, oh, they're challenging me and I got to get mm-hmm. on top of this. Or, right. You know, and I do think that as you just go through a lot of years of parenting, you do naturally kind of see like something's. Sometimes things are, you know, uh, physiologically wrong, you know, like we went through a really big fussy stage with Nico and this, this came in the midst of a a season of ear infections he had. He's the only one of my children who's had multiple ear infections. So I'd taken him in again to have his ears checked and the doctor was like, no, his ears look fine. She was looking around in his his mouth and she's like, well, I mean, his molars are coming in. And I was like, what? I for I forgot molars are in. <laughs> it's been a long time. We have kids on the other end, they're constantly losing teeth around here. Right. And I forgot about teething molars and how terrible that is. And so yeah, you you do kind of step back and go, what's going on with them physically? What's going on with them emotionally? And it just yeah, there's definitely and having two teenagers having two teenagers and a toddler at the same time, Rebecca. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> the, just last night, Kyle and I were laughing about something about the twins. And I was like, honestly, the twins are our easiest kids right now. And I never thought I would have said that <laughs> ever because having twins threw me for such a loop. They are seven. They play together so much. They are darlings and sweethearts. John Kyle's new favorite thing is to tell me, Mom, you're awesome. Aww. <laughs> Which I'm like, please. Please keep telling me that. I love it. But when you get to a place in life when your twins are the easiest children you have, (laughs) it's a reflection that there's troubled waters on either end of the spectrum around here. Oh, I believe it. I do believe it. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So Jill asks, 
She wants to know what is our approach to the holidays this year with regards to COVID yes. and family gatherings. Yes, Jill asked that. A couple of other people chimed in with similar questions. I mean, I'm totally fine to talk about what we're doing, which is still kind of a question mark, but just, you know, obviously taking with a grain of salt that this is going to be so different for everybody. I think that our biggest question mark and, and not knowing exactly how to deal with it is, and I, and I think a lot of people our age can relate to this, is that our parents are not as strict about their COVID precautions as we are. Yeah, yeah. And we are trying to be strict for them. Right. <laughs> it's like, we're doing this for you. Yes. <laughs> Can you please exactly. take this seriously? And my dad's yes. just like, eh, you know, if I die, I die. Yes. And I'm like, yes. okay, yeah, well, sure. I mean, that's one way to look at it. He says, hey, if we're Christians... All Christians want to be to heaven, want to get to heaven. We just don't want to die to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, my, yeah, I'll just say, yes, I relate to that. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, so this is the first holiday season for us. My parents had lived in Mississippi. Um, after my dad retired, they moved over there and lived there for like eight eight years, close to eight years, I guess. And they've moved back to Oklahoma City. And so this is new for us navigating. Kyle's mom lives about 20 minutes from us. And now my parents live about 20 minutes, driveway to driveway, uh, just in different parts of the Oklahoma City, big city part. Um, So for the first time we're navigating, like, do we go to their house? Do we have them come here? Should we go out to... My sister-in-law's house, she lives out in, you know, small town, sort of out in the country. Um, what I think we're ultimately going to do, I do think we're going to get together, especially as Thanksgiving is coming up. I do think we'll get together. I think we will probably um, try to keep it distant, like no hugs and those types of things. If the weather's nice, we may even do like an outdoor something. Kyle has suggested, like, what if we did, because both... My parents and his mom, on their in their houses, they have nice patios in the back. Um, he's like, "What if we did like instead of a big meal? What if we did pie and coffee get together outside and tried that?" Again, we're just we're trying to be so careful, also to throw a kind of a, a curveball into the plans is the fact that my girls are going to be going back on campus two days a week, starting. Um, like November 9th or 10th. So they'll be freshly back in a situation where they're going to be, their exposure is going to be far greater than it's been since quarantine started. Uh, My mom's health is very bad. And I do think that if she gets COVID, I, I mean, it will be a very, very serious thing if she actually gets it. At the same time, they're so looking forward, like the whole reason they moved to Oklahoma City is because they want to spend more time with us. And so they're so looking forward to holidays. I feel like I'm not helping anybody (laughs) to say that we're trying so hard to protect them and also to be able to spend time together. And so we're trying to think outside the box. Again, in Oklahoma, sometimes we have very mild, like it's you know, it's still in the 80s right now here. Um, Sometimes we have mild Novembers. Can we do something outside? If we get together, is everyone going to be okay with like kind of spacing things out so we're not all up in each other's faces and up in each other's business? And then it's like, well, if we're if we are going to get together, does it matter? Because it does it matter if we keep the gathering shorter and just do like a dessert and coffee? Because like if we're if we're going to expose each other to it, then it will it'll have already happened. Like, I just, I don't know, Rebecca. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Um, but we're all just, we're all just trying to do our best, right? Yes. So I, with Nate's family, we're getting together with them for Thanksgiving and they are local to us. And so we, I, I think it was really hard, especially on Nate's mom, earlier in quarantine when everything was outside, there was no hugs, no touching. And I think that really was hard on her. You know, we went through, um, 
Easter and Father's Day and Mother's Day, and then I think eventually she was just like, I, listen, I, like, I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, like we have to right. open up our quarantine circle to include each other. And so we have done that, and we've really, when it comes to Nate's siblings and the kids' first cousins, we have just been like, well, screw it. This is what we're doing. We're getting together. We're hugging. We're going inside. We're not gonna. We're not gonna really worry about it. It did give me pause though when my kids started back in school because they are going in person mm-hmm. for school. Um, right. And so I did have a conversation with with the family and was like, listen, like for, you know, Grace's birthday is coming up. Do you guys think you're still going to feel comfortable getting together? Or should we do something different? And they're just like, hey, it just is what it is. We're just going to we're just going to move forward. So right. I, I think with each family, you know, it really just there's so many variables. But I think it was becoming more detrimental, especially to my mother-in-law, to have yes. the separation. So we're getting together for Thanksgiving. Um, but, however, Nate's grandmother is not going to come. Normally she would. Okay. Instead, we're going to yeah. go out there later in the day and have, like, a porch visit with her and take her some food. Um, but, you know, try to really be social distance with her. Yes. Now, for Christmas with my family... Uh, the Awesomes might remember that I have a very unique situation in which I have woken up every Christmas morning of my life in my parents' home. And That's so right. we have that very strong tradition. I think my parents would be devastated if we did not go. And they're, like you were saying before, in that camp of, eh, you know, is it really that big a deal? <laughs> And so I think we are going to go, but I do wonder what that's going to be like with my sister and her family also going and being there because we all would like stay together at the house. I think we do need to have some conversations about that and what that's going to look like. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, I think we are going to go. Also, um, I have a family member who is, you know, actively dying of cancer. And so to... Mm choose not to go at Christmas would would probably it, that feels like a mistake to not go and like say a goodbye. Okay. So I mean, yeah, it's just complicated. So I don't know. Or part of me doesn't want to bring it up with yes. my sister and my yes. mom because I'm like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It is it's so hard. And I feel the same way. Of course, you know, I'm pretty good at avoiding (laughs) any kind of hard conversation. But, you know, family members are starting to ask. Both my sister and Kyle's sister asked within, you know, the past couple of days, like, are you guys starting to think about it? What do you think we should do? Um, So, yes, there's just, it's so complicated. It It is complicated. Let's stop thinking about it. Instead, let's answer Carrie's question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She wants to know, is a hot dog more like a taco or a sandwich? (laughs) Yes. I saw this. I feel like there is a correct answer here. Well, I do too. I think the correct answer is taco. No, you are 100% wrong. (laughs) How is that wrong? Think about the actual physical format of a hot dog bun and a taco shell. They are essentially the same shape. Okay. They're connected. So do you go to Subway for a ham and cheese taco or a ham and cheese sandwich? Well, a ham and cheese sandwich. Well, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's like still like the slice of, it's still like a, it's like the, that's like the same as a hot dog. Bun. Wait, is a Subway sandwich, is it not, is it? Not connected, or is it connected? It is connected, like a okay. little bit. Yeah, they okay, slice I it. Been to Subway since I was in college, so I had to think about it for a minute. They slice it on the side and open it up and put everything oh. in, and then fold it back together. <laughs> okay, now, I see what you're saying. The opening and the slice—it's on the side. It's not like up and down like you would have with a taco or a hot dog. But I would still argue the material that the hot dog bun is made out of is essentially the same thing that you can eat Mm -hmm. with sandwiches. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's the the same. Okay, so like um, on a on a um, materials level, 
then I would say, yes, a hot dog is more like a sandwich. But I still maintain that like on a philosophical level, the thing that is that you have a, a a thing that catches your meat and your toppings and it's all connected. It's a, it's a one piece situation. I still maintain it's more like a taco. You know, I respect a lot of things about you, Meg. This is just going to be, have to be the one <laughs> that, I, that I let go of. <laughs> this reminds me of one of our very earliest controversies when we were doing um, the beginnings of awesome today, when we talked about mayonnaise. Does mayonnaise belong on hot dogs? Does mayonnaise belong on a hot dog? I'm like, I'm going to throw up on the spot. Okay, I'm having flashbacks. Seriously, I might throw up. There, okay, I, oh, I'm really going to throw up. Okay, I, When I worked at Sight and Sound, there was um, a crew member. Oh my gosh, I really might throw up. <laughs> there was a crew member who used to eat Okay, I can't talk about it. I'm really going to throw up. Oh, no. I, I've heard a lot of sight and sound stories, but I have never heard this one. Oh, he would eat hot dogs, and he would put so much mayonnaise on it. It was like there was more mayonnaise than there was hot dog. And it was, it was like the grossest thing. I was pregnant. I was uh-uh. morning sickness, nauseous all the time. And then I would, oh, it was, oh, okay. I think that is uh, criminally insane to eat that much mayonnaise on anything, honestly. But yeah, that's that's not okay, dude. You should not do that. Oh, Especially around pregnant women. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Okay, I actually think that Mary has a really good question. She also asked something that is COVID-related, and she wants to know, what are some special things that you mm. are getting or doing to memorialize this crazy year? Um, yeah. Are you doing anything? Like to kind of remember the year of COVID, the year I know, mm. yeah, right? Oh, cross our fingers, Thanks. knock on wood. <laughs> please, God, please let it just be a year. Um, she went on to say that she's taking pictures of like the empty shelves and the lines and people in masks and her family in masks. That is such a good idea, and I wish I would have been documenting along the way. I think I was just so completely, um, you know discombobulated in my brain that it never occurred to me to be like, oh, we should capture this. Now, I have gotten pictures of my kids in masks doing various things because I did think like someday we'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, this was the year that we you know, had to wear masks to do this. But um, she has a really good idea. She's taking pictures of their kids on their laptops doing their school at home. I'm like, why haven't I done that yet? Hello, that's like consumed our days and I have not a single picture of it. So I'm so glad that Mary did ask that because no, I haven't done anything like family memories wise to memorialize this year. I have, however, this year more than I have for several years in the past, I've been journaling myself. Mm, Okay. So I have at least my own processing of things that I can look back on it's private. It's just for me. It's not anything I want really want my family to read or engage in, but I do have that for myself. However, I do love that she is making an intentional effort to be like, this is what it looked like. Yes. Because not just for like our kids, but like on down the road, people are going to want to see that stuff. And then Carrie commented on that um, question that Mary had. And she said she has a pom-pom chain going and she did a picture of it. One pom-pom, it's like felt those felt pom-poms, I think. Mm -hmm. One day, one pom-pom per day of social distancing. It's like, oh my gosh, that is so clever and pretty. She put a picture of it. I really love that. So I know there's lots of ways that you can do it, but I have not been very intentional about it, but I think I'm going to try to be. What about you? Well, I've done a lot, which shouldn't surprise you as the one who made a time capsule, like, yes, for just no yes, reason yes. whatsoever. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> you know, like always thinking that somebody in history is going to care about yes. what happened to Rebecca Hoffer. <laughs> Okay, so really quickly, a few things that I have done. Um, Jessica Turner offered a free digital download of a quarantine time capsule workbook for kids. And I printed that out. And my kids uh, filled it out. I don't know that they're actually quite done with it. This was like way like early quarantine in the spring. Um, But they did fill out some things with that. And I'm going to put that together with some other things I've collected to kind of, you know, like a little 
quarantine time capsule thing. I think I'm going to include an empty bottle of hand sanitizer when um, masks at some point, if they ever go away, I'll put like masks in there. Um, I have a a wedding invitation that acknowledges that they've had to cancel the wedding due to covid and like what they're doing instead i thought that was super unique i'm putting that in there as well as like a graduation party like non-invitation you know like hey we were gonna do this we're not doing this i also have uh a grocery store receipt from a major shopping that i did like earlier on to like really stock up on some things and just to show like the crazy dollar amount that I spent. So I'm going to yeah. put some of those things in there, but that's like very Rebecca. <laughs> and I don't think that others should feel any level of pressure to do that. I just, this brings me joy. Yes. The bit I, okay. I'm also um, doing not so much journaling, but I'm recording a couple videos every now and again. I'm calling them the Corona Chronicles. It's just me on my smartphone talking about, where things are at, where we're at, like with regulations within my area. Um, I talked about like, I think the day that we found out the kids school was, you know, going to be virtual for the whole remainder of the spring. I recorded on that day and just said how that went talking to the kids. Um, I did it a little earlier on for this school year saying that we're going back in person and just like how I was feeling about that. So more of like a video diary, again, not something that I would ever publish anywhere, but I feel like at some point it might be good, helpful, even for my kids to see. I don't, I don't at all want them to watch it now, but for them to see it like years later, perhaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I'm doing (laughs) I, I re- apparently I like documenting uh, crisis. <laughs> so okay, okay. The mm-hmm. biggest this is very Enneagram six. I feel like so. Yes, <laughs> let's hear it. The biggest thing that I'm doing is I am putting together a photo book dedicated to this time. Okay. So I am a big fan of doing chat books. We've talked about this lots. Um, that is kind of like a highlights of our of our life in these little series uh, photo books. They're just like 60 pictures per book. They're really affordable, and I have a ton of them. But when it came to this very unique time, I didn't think that that was adequate for what I was okay. wanting to put together. And mm-hmm. also, my mom very much pushed me and said, Rebecca, you must do a photo book dedicated to quarantine. <laughs> Okay. Like, okay. Yes. Okay, mom. I believe you. I believe you. Yes. So I took a lot of pictures in the spring of just mm-hmm. daily life, what we were doing, going for walks to get outside, uh, working on the iPads, every single puzzle I put together. I took a picture of it when I was done. And I have all of that in a book. I'm not quite done. I did March, April, May, and so I still have to do June. And then I kind of was like, well, when do I stop? So I pretty much was doing like almost like daily updates in there, which probably sounds very overwhelming to people. Um, But then I think that that stopped. So I think after June, I think it's going to be more just like the big things, like a first day of school picture with the masks on and... You know, when we they finally got haircuts after quarantine, you know, oh, it'd be yes. before and after of that type of thing. But right, 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 right. You know, so that's I mean, that sounds like probably a lot. <laughs> no, I think it sounds fantastic. And again, I'm sort of kicking myself, um, you know, try to give grace to myself like, OK, talk about survival mode. We're, we made it through. So there's that. But I am kind of like, oh, the, I mean, there's, especially when it first started. When things were so um, uncertain and, um, you know, like the empty shelves at the grocery store, that is that is an interesting thing to have captured. And then, like you said, all of the things you're putting in the time capsule. I love all of that. And I think that's a really, really cool thing to have done to commemorate this year. A couple of people shared like um, that uh, the. Okay, so Amy shared that their volleyball team had shirts made with masks on the volleyball to commemorate the year. Then some parents didn't like that because they don't want to think about the masks. And so they uh, had to do an alternate 
logo without the masks. But, you know, I think parents are trying to figure out what does this look like? In fact, there's a parent group for the um, school that my girls go to on Facebook. And just today, somebody was asking, hey, senior parents, do you guys want to form a, you know, basically a spinoff group and let's talk about things we can still do for our seniors this year and and what that's going to look like. So, yeah, we're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Laura Tremaine posted really early on in quarantine about taking like taking the reins when it comes to documenting this for the future. And I think she said something like, don't assume that others are going to do this for you or do it better than you. Like you can yeah. document your own experience for your own self and for your own children and for the generations to come. You can be the historian of this time. And that yes. really like stuck with me, obviously, because right. look at me. I'm, I feel like I'm doing like all the things. I was like, well, I'm not going to do just one thing. I'm doing all these things. Yes. Yeah. But that also seems very on brand for me. <laughs> well, it is. And in, in, in the most delightful way, possible, for sure. Yeah. I just don't want anybody to hear this and even you included and be like, oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, I have certainly dropped the ball. I mean, you just do whatever brings you joy. This sparks joy for me. I I like this type of thing. So I'm leaning yeah. into it because goodness sakes, there's so much about all of this that is so uh, just awful. This is bringing yeah. me joy amidst the awful. So, yeah. Um, I want to make sure we hit Sarah's question. She asked, how's school going? Um, so your kids are on campus. You're older, too. Yes. Isaac isn't in school yet. Uh, but Grace and Noah are on campus, and they have been really since the school year started, right? Yes. Our school district offered a couple different options, and we okay. opted for the in-person option. And it's going really, really well. I... I'm really surprised at how well it's been going. Um, There have been a few classrooms or a few students that have had to have some quarantining time, some self-isolation time, and then do school virtually because of like a positive COVID test. But it hasn't been very many at all. I really kind of expected at this point that, you know, entire grades might have been sent home or an entire school building might have been shut down for a little while. And it's been very isolated thus far, and I, I'm super impressed. I'm also really impressed with how well my children are handling it. So yeah, they're very happy good. to be there. And I, as I, as much as I feel a little bit chaotic about it in terms of thinking that at any point I could have children home either for two weeks or forever, um, it feels like it's it's it was the right choice for us. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. I really am. It's amazing how resilient kids are. Um, School has been pretty all-consuming over here. Um, Our district is, again, they're just now beginning to let some kids come back in groups on campus. So since August 31st, I think, is when the school year started for us this year, which is later, two weeks later than we normally would have started. It's been all virtual. They're bringing some kids on, like they brought kindergarten and pre-K back this week. They're opening the alternative schools, you know, just like trickling people back in. Um, And so, like I said, my girls are planning to go back on November 9th or that week. They have split kids out into A and B groups um, to reduce the number of kids that are on campus at any given time. So, so that's happening. But so we've been doing all virtual. I will say that my girls, um, seventh and 10th grade have done amazingly well for the circumstances. They are on their Chromebooks all day during the school days, you know, taking lecture notes and both of them go to a, uh, an arts magnet school. And so they, you know, Daisy's doing orchestra in her room with her bass and she we bought her a piano keyboard so she has piano one this year and so she sets up her little Chromebook downstairs where the piano is and does her piano class downstairs so you know we're, we're like making it work they have been completely autonomous about school which has been very helpful I mean, they manage all of their assignments. They log in to the software and look to see what hasn't been turned in or what hasn't been graded and what they missed if they had to miss a class. So that part has been awesome. We decided to take the twins out of Oklahoma City Public Schools for this year. They were already under grade level and 
we've had some disappointments and frustrations with the campus that they're on, which was not our campus that my girls went to. That was, that was a whole thing that happened before quarantine. Um, so they are doing an online charter school that has existed for years. And this was, this pre-exists the quarantine by like a decade at least. Um, but it's like all online and um, we're just kind of walking back and starting and covering some basics that they've missed along the way. That part has been awesome. However, and I don't know if we have even talked about this, for me, the emotional labor of being a homeschooling mom is much more difficult than I could have anticipated because it's, it's a lot of cheerleading. It's a lot of rah, rah, we're going to do school. We're going to do it. And they're, you know, they're seven years old. So they, they're resistant to it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to get on and do their math and their reading. And they loved being in school in the classroom. They loved the social aspect. They loved having friends. They loved recess. They loved PE. But like just sitting down and learning lessons on the computer. And and, and again, this is um, self-paced. And so we have a set amount of minutes that we work on reading a day and a set amount we work on math. Um, so it's not even like they're like their sisters who are on their, their Chromebooks all day. It's very condensed. But again, it's just that emotional work. Every single time it's time to start a new lesson. It's I have to cheerlead them into it, try to motivate them, try to inspire them. And that part, Rebecca, is so exhausting to me. Just by personality type, I don't like for people to be unhappy. <laughs> right? And I yeah. tend to be very, I tend to too strongly connect my happiness with how happy the people around me are. Oh, so yes, I feel that, that. Every single weekday. Yeah. So every single weekday, it's getting them motivated, getting them on there, getting them to do their minutes, sitting next to them, helping them redirect you know, like they're looking at me like, what's, what is this? What's the answer to this? And I'm like, I can't, I already done second grade math. You have to do this. Um, it's so much. And I was actually just reading on earlier this month, there was an article on CNBC.com that said that um, in September, 1.1 million workers um, aged 20 and over dropped out of the labor force. So they're not working. They're not looking for work of that 1.1 million 865,000 of those people are women, a number that is four times higher than the 216,000 men who left the workforce during the month of September. And they were just talking about the absolutely devastating impact of the ongoing situation for in the, the way it's disproportionately affecting women um, as we navigate, like, how do you keep a job? How do you keep your job and school your kids at home? I am deeply cognizant of my privilege of having a job that I can do from home so that I can say, okay, mornings, we do school. After that's done, I do my work. I recognize I'm wildly, wildly lucky and fortunate in that. But this is just like such a huge thing that is going to have such a lasting impact on so many families and on our economy. Um, and on kids at their school and stuff. So, oh, that's not a very awesome thing to talk about. But I do think it's worth mentioning that, um, yeah, if you're like a little on the struggle bus when it comes to school, like, come sit next to me. Let's talk. We will commiserate together because this is hard. This yes, is so hard. it is very hard. And as women, I think you make a really great point that I think we are carrying a lot of the weight of that. And yeah. I often, often think about the episode that you did with Kelly where you were talking about invisible labor. And one of the things you talked about was emotional labor. And mm -hmm. I personally, as much as my husband is one of the biggest feelers, he's such a feeler. He wants our children to be happy so much. And he goes above and beyond to do that a lot. Yet, just even despite that, I really feel like I have been carrying the emotional weight of our family during COVID on my shoulders. And I know a lot of other moms probably feel that way too. It is so, so hard. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. Well, let's get on something a little bit more fun. Um, I know that Halloween is coming up. It's not going to maybe look the way it has in years past, but you guys usually do fun Halloween. I feel like you usually have something clever happening in the Hoffer family for Halloween. So any fun Halloween costume ideas or costume plans from you guys this year? Well, I do really like making Halloween costumes for my kids, but like, you know, like cheap. Like, <laughs> yes. like what can we get yeah. from the dollar store and whip together for something kind of cute and clever? Uh, right. That is kind of my preference. But this year, you know, there's kind of been the debate is it safe for us for, to do the trick-or-treating with COVID or is it not? And my husband and I talked about it. We talked to the kids to kind of get a feel for them. Honestly, my kids get a little bit spooked on Halloween. Like they like okay. it, but then I don't know if it's just like my neighborhood or what, but it feels like there's too many parents walking around with scary stuff on. Like my kids get scared sometimes, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. They were, like, really disappointed at the idea of not trick-or-treating, but they also were maybe a little bit relieved. And so my husband and I decided, hey, let's lean into that. So what we are going to do this year is we're going to go to Dollar Tree. We're going to give each kid $5 to buy whatever candy off of the big candy wall that they want to get. And they are so excited. So excited to do this. I mean... That is that is so clever. I, mean, I love it. We should it. have been doing yes. this all along. Like they are so thrilled. So we're going to do that. We're going to come home. We're going to have a movie night and have popcorn and eat candy. And they feel like this is the best thing that has ever happened to them. We are going to try to watch something that's like a little bit spooky-ish. But, like, not really, because, you know, my kids are little. So I'm thinking that we might watch Casper the Friendly Ghost that was oh, popular, you know, perfect. when we were kids, when we yes. were young. Devin yes. Sawa, was that his name? Oh, my goodness. Hubba hubba. <laughs> I had such a crush on him. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that. That's so, a great alternative. They might dress up, but just from, like, stuff around the house. Like, I don't, I'm not planning okay. any sort of costume fun this year but i feel like this is a fantastic alternative for my kids especially since they kind of get a little bit spooked sometimes by right the costumes that walk past our house (laughs) i love that idea that is so smart and so clever such a fun way to still have fun with it um my kids mostly are dressing up i think dicey hasn't said much about it again she's 15 she may have now decided she's too old for that business but Mm. AJ has planned a whole Hogwarts thing. She is like mega obsessed in Potter universe right now. And so she actually, she ordered her costume like in August. She was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm doing this. Um, She, so she has a Gryffindor Hogwarts costume that she wants to dress up in. The twins are very, very, very super into the world of like Japanese movie monsters, especially Godzilla and King Kong. I love how specific that is. So specific. <laughs> the world although, of Japanese movie listen, monsters. Listen, Rebecca, if there's one thing I've learned in 2020, <laughs> it's about kaiju monsters and all of the ones that go along in that universe. And so uh, Mac is going to be Kong, specifically Kong from Kong Skull Island. Yes, there is a difference. If you try to call it King Kong, he will correct you. Um, and then John Kyle's going to be Godzilla. And so they, they'll have that going on. I cannot decide what to do about Nico. He's one. He does not like to wear anything on his head. He actually just super hates getting dressed. And so I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do any kind of complicated situation that I'm going to regret. So I don't know what to do. Maybe later you can tell me some good one-year-old costume, ide- costume ideas that you guys have done. Uh, oh, I have one. He should be okay. Where's Waldo. You just need oh. like pants and a striped shirt. Does he do you own a striped shirt? I I bet we could find one somewhere there is, around here. There is a hat that goes with that. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I'll 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 think about some things. But I feel like you know, even just like an orange shirt. He's yeah. oh, boom, he's a pumpkin. You know, like Yeah. Exactly. Maybe we'll do something like that. I'm like, we got to keep it super simple. So anyway, we'll still try to figure out some kind of Halloween fun oh, around here. Oh, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm sorry. Make him an okay. old man. Please, please. Will you an please turn man. him into an I love, love, love babies as old men. 
my children were old men and old and, and an old woman two years ago, and it was the best Halloween of my life. I <laughs> loved them as old people. Okay, I love it. We'll do Please it. Please make him an old person. We can figure that out. Surely we can figure that out. So, yes, so fun. All right. I'm delighted with how delighted that made you. I love babies <laughs> dressed up like old people. It, it, okay. Like, if we can talk about very narrow things that bring us great joy, if your children can be obsessed with Japanese <laughs> monsters, I am obsessed with babies dressed like old people. <laughs> Perfect. That's so good. It's so good. I love it. I bet we can make that happen. So... All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing these questions with us. This was super helpful, really got our uh, conversational ideas flowing. So thank you so much. And again, as always, thank you so much for your support of Sort of Awesome and everything that we are bringing to the world right now and all of the things that we have to come. And there's some good stuff ahead, you guys. So Rebecca, if people want to catch up with you or show you pictures of babies dressed up as old people. Oh, please do that. Find you. Please, please <laughs> send me old babies. I would love it. Okay, you can find me in, in all the Hangout groups and, of course, on social media at Simply Rebecca. Okay, and you you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg, wherever you're looking. So you guys, thank you so much for uh, for your support. And I guess that does it for Awesome Overflow October 2020. We'll see y'all next time.